Okay. Um, hi, this is Ray Duckler from the Concord Monitor. I'm the news columnist here, ready for another podcast in our series. And this time we're going to be um, trying to figure out the mystery of the New Hampshire State Hospital Cemeteries on Clinton Street. Perhaps you've driven by um, one of them, uh, you'd notice a big cross, which is visible from um, Clinton Street. The other one across the street is further away from the, uh, from the street, and you'd have to walk a few hundred yards to find it. But these are people who were buried after residing at the state hospital. For many years, um, the uh, graves were not um, kept, as you might uh, hope, manicured and cleaned off. But now, uh, thanks to my two guests, lately it's been given a facelift and, um, and it looks great now. So I'm going to introduce, we have um, Jim Spain and we have Jeff Souther, both um, members of the New Hampshire Hospital Cemetery Committee, which was formed in 2016 by um, Jeff and two other individuals. And uh, Jeff uh, recruited Jim for the committee. So starting out, let me ask, um, and then also, by the way, Jim has been um, involved with uh, corporate management for many years, and Jeff has been a mental health professional for five decades. So he has really a large part of the inside story here. He was a social worker at the state hospital. He was a project manager at the state hospital, and he was also the chief operating officer at the state hospital in 2016 and 2017. And those are the years that coincide with this recent committee that has done so much for those two cemeteries on Clinton Street. I'll start with Jeff. Um, Take me through the evolution of the committee, why it formed and how it grew, and just where it stands now. Jeff. Uh, Thank you, Ray. Uh, We had, excuse me, just hired a Reverend Ed Costa as our uh, chaplain at the hospital. Uh, Ed had uh, very clear direction and passion for working with the patients at the hospitals and their families. And one day he came to me, I actually supervised Ed, uh, and he said he had gotten a call from uh, someone doing research on their family. And they had found that their Let's just say great aunt. Okay. For argument's sake, we'll say great aunt. For great A family member. A family member. Yeah. Great aunt. Had been at the New Hampshire Hospital and died while at New Hampshire Hospital and been buried someplace on one of the New Hampshire Hospital cemeteries and wanted to come from out of state to visit the grave. Could Ed, as the chaplain, help her? So he came to me. I said, gosh, I have no idea. Uh, And as we dug a little bit, we found that the hospital back in 2003 had a project run uh, by then the administration of the hospital to do some restoration of what is now called the Meadow South and Meadow North cemeteries. They're both on Clinton Street, and as I said to you earlier, I've ridden by those cemeteries dozens of times over the... You probably have driven by them 
more than dozens of Probably times, I bet you, because I've driven past them thousands of times. <laughs> I looked over and said, wow, there's a big cross there, and just continued on my way, that's and I never took the time to and, really and research what was going on there. And I, I am embarrassed to say I didn't have a clue that I was riding by cemeteries. I knew about the White's Farm, I knew about the, you know, uh, what had happened out there, um, but I, I wasn't aware that the cemeteries were there. So that really began a uh, beginning of a journey for Ed Costa, Reverend Costa, myself, and uh, the Director of Facilities, uh, uh, Phil Wright. Uh, and one April day, we said, let's take a walk and see what's going on in those cemeteries. And so we walked through and were quite surprised at the size and yeah. the scope of those two cemeteries. They really go for, far back from the street, uh, further than you'd expect, um, a yes. few hundred yards. Yes, easily so, and particularly the one on the south side, which right. is the older. Right. I think the earth first grave was approximately 1914, 1915 that we've, we found. And those were old upright stones, and they had broken, many of them over the time, uh, sort of toppled over, and as you went further north, out of the cemetery, you started seeing a whole series of flat stones in pretty much uh, good order, uh, but many of them had been, and I use the term, swallowed by the earth. Yeah. They, the grass was starting to grow, and they had sunken down some. We went over on the north side and saw, uh, and frankly, we walked around there for, I bet, 10 minutes and said, I know people are buried here, and we couldn't find the stones. All of a sudden, we kind of stumbled on one, pushed the grass aside, right, and then were able to visually see the several rows of stones right. that went out towards Clinton Street. We went back to the hospital. We uh, met with the senior management team and said, you know, let's do something to restore these cemeteries. Let's, let's, let's maintain them a little bit better. Let's... Uh, have some way to know where people are buried so when Reverend Costa gets the call or someone that we were able to help them out. We decided we it was very important to have a group of citizens outside of the administration of the hospital, people from the community that had some passion for this. So we set up a committee. Uh, I'm a member of the uh, Capital City Sunrise Rotary Club and Jim Spain and Mike Dunn. Uh, Mike owns Duncraft Wild Birds. Uh, had spoken about the work that Jim does with restoring cemeteries in the Concord area and said, hey, you'd be perfect for this committee. I knew from my experience that for these types of efforts to really sustain themselves when you have the day-to-day -day crises of the mental health system, uh, it was important to have families. It was important to have consumers involved. We asked uh, and we succeeded in having a National Alliance for the Mentally Ill New Hampshire. Uh, Ken Norton, NAMI New Nami, Hampshire, yep. uh, became involved. Uh, Ken mm -hmm. came to a number of meetings. He assigned that person to the meeting. Office of Consumer and Family Affairs of the Bureau of Behavioral Health, Tom Grinley, became involved. And, and some others. Uh, we had an archivist. Uh, with this, our librarian at the hospitals. She archived everything so we didn't lose track of what we were doing. We put together a project plan, followed over 
a number of years and we've had a number of real successes. So through the patient trust fund uh, and the full support of the hospital administration and the Department of Health and Human Services, we've done several, had several successes. The first was when you're driving by you didn't know those cemeteries were there unless you noticed the white crosses. The white cross, you the could see, crosses. and that was a, a, kind of an amazing view, but the, it didn't really tell you anything specific or like anything what is there? identifiable. It's correct. a cross. There's no words. There's no documentation. That's correct. And on the side of the road, there were some stones, but they were down there flat into the ground, and you really couldn't see it. It said Meadow Cemetery. South, Meadow Cemetery North. So our first uh, project was we, we uh, put up what you'll see now are some fairly large granite markers, very dignified. They're brand new last brand year, new, right? Yeah. Brand new. They've just been up less than two years to clearly denote Meadow South and Meadow North. The second big project uh, was really one of uh, uh, Discovery and it was the continuation of a project in 2003 at the Blossom Hill Cemetery uh, in on the north end of Concord. Uh, there were a number of people from who had passed while at New Hampshire Hospital. They had been buried there, and that 2003 group had put up a, a marker with very nice brass. Nameplate. It was. It is nice looking, it's but a, it's a beautiful mark. Incomplete. Tell us incomplete. why it was incomplete. It was incomplete in a couple ways. Uh, one, it was incomplete. It really didn't identify on the stone face itself what the heck this was. Just a marker with some names. Right, but you didn't know any kind of uh, relation to anything to about anything. from those names. What, what the heck is? What it? was the ref? What was it referenced? So what we did is we realized a couple things. One is that there have been sixteen individuals left off that that we, through research, uh, the gym had done, uh, had been buried there. And so uh, we put a, had a plaque put on the bottom, the middle part of it, listing those individuals, put a, the seal of the state of New Hampshire at the top of it, put New Hampshire Hospital on it, and then a poem written by our poet laureate, Jim Spain, really identifying that these are people who lived a life that may be different, but they had value nevertheless, and I'm just paraphrasing Jim. Well, that was um, a stone that had gotten its beginning in 03, and then you completed the journey last year by giving some perspective on exactly you know, where these people are from, adding the lost names or the forgotten names. And I'm going to bring it over to um, Jim now. Jim is a historian. Jim uh, uses the archives, computers, state library, uh, city library to do uh, more research than I can even imagine. Talk about you when you got involved, Jim, in this committee and uh, take us from there. And then I, I'm hoping you're going to read this poem that you wrote oh. later on. Well, after you finish, maybe you could read that, the one that's on at Blossom Hill. Okay, fine. Thank you, Ray, for having me yeah. and, and Jeff, too. Um, I joined the committee about three years ago. Um, uh, the resurgence of the new committee, right? And right. Uh, Jeff recruited me with my background. Um, I've done a lot at the Old Law Cemetery and with the city cemeteries um, with Jill McDaniel. Jill is uh, uh, certainly very, very involved, and uh, I immediately recruited Jill to join us at the New Hampshire Hospital 
uh, cemetery group too. So Jill's a member of that group also. But we do a lot of research, and, and that's a what lot we do. Of, a lot, a of, lot research of research is an A lot of research. And, 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 yeah. and what we did is I initially joined uh, to address with, with um, uh, Chaplain Ed and with uh, Jeff and uh, Heidi Mitchell, who's a, a wonderful contact. Heidi's inside our contact inside the New Hampshire hospital to this day. And all of us got together. We brought in NAMI. We brought in other volunteers. Uh, Mike Dunn, another great mm -hmm. man, good researcher. So, so we ended up getting together. We started having a series of meetings on a monthly basis, and we made progress. But the initial scope was we were just looking at Metal North, Metal South. But through research, almost immediately, we discovered that there's more to the story. And uh, when you look at the scope of, of time, you, we're nothing. We're nothing more than time travelers, actually, because here we are. We're looking at these people that lived 150 years ago, 170 years ago. Mm -hmm. These individuals were patients at the New Hampshire Hospital. We look and we think about them, and then we think about the metal cemeteries. But the first thing I did realize was, well, they weren't created until the early 1900s. So what happened before that? And through documented research, uh, we found that it was probably very probable that the initial patients were brought home with their families. If a person was there um, initially and they died, uh, the families would take them back home. Um, a lot of these early patients were, um, uh, many of them were Civil War veterans. You have a lot of veterans there. Uh, they were shell-shocked. They were uh, current-day post-traumatic st stress syndrome uh, cases. But they brought them there to, to heal and, and, and get well. and. Uh, Many of them died there. So the families came and they took them home and they buried them in the family lots. After that period of time, we discovered that um, there is a little cemetery, the Pleasant Street Cemetery on the campus that we discovered. And through a process of research, ground penetrating radar, uh, the New Hampshire State archaeologist Dick Bover, we documented, moved forward, and actually certified that as a early burial site for some of the patients. Um, the state was wonderful. They stepped in, provided the funds to uh, uh, provide a grant of fence and, and chain link, uh, stainless steel ch chain link around the burial site. So they were wonderful. So after the families took the people home in the early mid-1800s, and then they buried them perhaps in Pleasant, we ended up seeing that they went to a, another burial site, which was owned by the city of Concord, and they just buried those individuals uh, in the uh, 1870s uh, at the Blossom Hill Cemetery near the Duck Pond. And uh, we discovered about 75 burials there. Um, the state has uh, again been very generous mm -hmm. in providing us funds to mark each and every grave uh, with nice flat granite uh, markers from stock granite. After they were buried there, the state stepped up and purchased a large portion of land uh, in the back of the cemetery where they buried over 100 patients. Uh, and that became the state burial lot. That's the stone that you refer to that in 2003, uh, Heidi Mitchell and that group uh, had put up a, a beautiful granite stone with brass plaques with names on both sides. Um, our group a year ago decided that we wanted to enhance that stone further. Uh, there were a few names missing. We added another brass plaque. Uh, uh, we hired Stag Granite to do that. And then we also had a, a, a beautiful state seal, a bronze medallion, which is symbolic of the patients at the, at the hospital. Um, and I did write uh, a free verse. Okay, poem. why don't we hear that poem written 
by um, one of the great poets in state history, um, uh, the envy of Donald Hall. Okay, go well, ahead. Well, Ray, I, I must say you're, you're too kind. Um, no. But I'm going to read the poem, and, and I just want to say that these people, they're, they're gone, they've been gone for years, but uh, I always feel, and I know Jill feels the same way in, in all of us researchers, that today we've been charged with speaking for the people that can no longer speak for themselves. So mm -hmm. each poem is from the perspective of the patient. Right. I just want to make clear, this is a poem that was written for the Blossom Hill Cemetery, where some of the uh, residents who had, who had passed away and were never claimed, so to speak, were buried. And um, we still have the ones, the crosses, uh, the cemeteries on Clinton Street with the two big crosses. That is separate from this. But this is a poem uh, written by uh, Jim Spain. Uh, and I think that these words are kind of a tribute to all the people who were buried um, they, they, after living at the they uh, really the are Ray. they really are and, so you have uh, different 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 sites right, different cemeteries right, right. Um, but this is going to capture right. the spirit of this, all of them this captures all of them and then yes. uh, the two new monuments going over to Clinton Street we're going to we have two more right. written that will be engraved well I think it's well also that's a good point to bring up the crosses are going to be taken down and this kind of tribute, this kind of monument uh, that we have at Blossom Hill mm -hmm. is going to be put up at mm -hmm. each of those on Clinton Street. Yes, there'll be two installed. And the reason for that, as Jeff told me, is because you cannot assume that everybody buried at those Clinton Street cemeteries is Christian or Catholic. And so I think that was very interesting that you're going to replace those crosses. Let's hear the poem. Okay, well, uh, I wrote this poem about two years ago, and uh, I was uh, honored to... Uh, be asked to provide it to the uh, state hospital for this purpose. So the poem that I wrote is called I Lived a Life. I lived a life perhaps unlike yours, but a life it was. I dreamed and I loved and I left a print on this earth. Recognized and remembered, I sleep in peace for I was someone. And that, it's a really, a really great poem and I think the last line just captures it really well that, that these people were someone they had histories they had families um, and uh, I think now the last part I want to bring up here is is talk to uh, Jeff um, for many years these people in a sense they were forgotten or got lost through the shuffle by families but the sites on Clinton Street also in a sense got lost they were not there was no upkeep um, through the decades uh, there were no committees that were making sure that the names were visible and the stones were not cracked. And I asked you, Jeff, if you, uh, if there was any anger or there's any finger pointing that went on when uh, you realized the neglect that had gone on so long. And you gave me a really great answer. You said, what, tell me what you said. It wasn't anger. You weren't looking to blame. You, you looked at it a, di a different way when you began this committee. What was that? Well, I, I said I was really disappointed, really, on behalf of mental health professionals, that we had, uh, you know, let this type of neglect happen. And uh, I was never angry. It was, and all of our work that we did with this committee was about doing the right thing. It wasn't to undo the wrongs of the past. It was, let's do this, let's do it right. It's all about dignity, dignity and respect for those who went before us. And that was the passion that drove this group, continues to drive the group. Uh, 
I, I would just correct one part of what you said. The, the cemeteries were not neglected in that the grass was up four feet high. Am but I exaggerating a little bit? A little I'm bit. a journalist, a little sensationalism. So, but, Let's get the record so, straight. How I, bad I were they? they? They were, you know, they, the crews went through and they mowed the grass and kept it down. Uh, so that you could actually walk through and see that it was a cemetery if you happened to notice it. Right. Uh, the neglect was that some of the stones were sinking or they had broken, and the repairs weren't being done. Right. And some of the new stones that had been put in had been put in flat into the earth, and the earth was swallowing them. Right. Some of those had cracked with the frost. So the work of the group of 2003... Right was uh, really driven by what was part of a larger national agenda mm -hmm. uh, right. that uh, what was, uh, this is a long one, so it's the national. It's the, I want to get, make sure I have this right yes, from my please. column. It's the, it's the National Association of State Mental Health Program Directors. Correct. And you use their model, so to speak, to help uh, with with um, the uh, renovation or the uh, facelift of these cemeteries, right? That was really part of the driving force in 2003 because right. the statement came out in 2001. Right. It encouraged all state mental health directors and all states to do something, work with consumers to restore these cemeteries. And it became the driving motto for our committee that we set up in 1916, 2016, excuse 2016. me. 2016. Yeah, well, I wasn't around quite that long. No, you look terrific for 130 <laughs> years old, uh, Jeff. Yeah, go ahead. So that's that was what it was all about. How do we provide the dignity and respect to the people that went before us? Right. Uh, part of that was treat all human beings with dignity and respect. Uh, some cemeteries have been neglected, and they did. They recommended um, what should be done Correct. as a model, and you followed that. Um, we are about out of time. Um, I think that um, the committee is still uh, is still in existence. It still exists. And the do you have a time frame for when those crosses might come down and the Blossom Hill like uh, stones may go up monuments? Any idea? And then it's going to happen in the next few months. Oh, that soon. It, yeah. it, it will. The, the, approved, the money's been approved. The yeah. design has been approved. Yes. The poems that will go on them, or the wording has been approved. Uh, we want to get, get it in here that uh, Jim is writing those poems. So um, Thank you, Ray. There you go. And so the work, uh, I, I can't speak to exactly what will happen, but I believe that Star Granite here yeah. in Concord mm -hmm. has been hired to do the work, and they will be preparing those monuments yeah. and installing them, hopefully, before frost. Uh, I tell you, the, it, it's going to change the an historic landscape in the town uh, because for years, like you said, I've driven by those crosses, or at least the one that's visible, so many times, hundreds of times, and... Finally, we can. Uh, I finally went in to to see what it was about, and then soon those crosses will be down, and I think a really beautiful, uh, up-to-date tribute mm -hmm. will be placed there. Mm -hmm. And um, you won't be able to see the crosses or the stones, I don't think, from the road. But certainly, this is uh, is something that's going to be uh, beautiful mm -hmm. and uh, worthwhile. Thank you to my guests. Uh, Jeff Souther and Jim Spain and uh, this is Ray Duckler my latest podcast thanks very much bye bye